Here's our discussion. It's me, Rhett Shull, Dave Honorado, Ken Lanyon, talking about whether we are using the correct gauge of strings or not. Check it out. Attached is a really good album by NSYNC Shepard, and this is Mitchell. I saw NSYNC on the No Strings Attached tour, Manly. Did you really? Super that was my first concert ever in my lifetime. Really? Uh, me and my buddy, my buddy Stephen Jordan and his family, uh, they took me to go see NSYNC at the Pyramid here in Memphis. Uh-huh. Uh, back before it was a Bass Pro wait, Shop. Wait, wait, wait. Here's my question: Are you sure it was the No Strings Attached? Um, album like yeah definitely so because in 1999 they toured with their previous albums didn't they no wait wait okay hold on this means that Rhonda was also at the same concert that both of us were on and none of us knew each other was there so you saw NSYNC on the no strings attached tour as well September 2nd 1999 the pyramid that sounds probably that sounds probably right. It was Cisco and Pink were supposed to open. Pink Pink was not there for whatever reason, but Cisco was. I don't remember and Cisco. So, maybe we were the maybe you were an, in a different concert because that might have been in 2000 because I believe in two in March or so, it May. May is when No Strings came uh uh No Strings Attached came out. Sorry. I'm a total dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> September 2nd, 1999 was whenever I saw them with their previous tour. Gotcha. And you saw them later because I remember very happily listening to the radio for 24 hours because they were playing every single song like back to back multiple times. And Yeah, I'll still listen to No Strings Attached. That's a good record. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> if anybody says that it's not, they're they're wrong. That's just it. I mean, for a music podcast, we can say that. Um, right. <laughs> I did not see them on that concert, though. But I did see Mandy Moore as an opener before she was big. Oh, man. Yeah, she was just standing there. Moore. She was. She had no backup dancers or anything. She was just standing there singing her song. Um, okay. What What are we doing here? Is this an NSYNC episode? Yeah, so, <laughs> it is not an NSYNC episode, but it is about no strings attached. I don't know. Uh, I think that phrase just entered my mind, and I was like, ooh, we could do a theme that with no stringed instruments. And I just, you know... A lot of the music that we feature is very guitar centric Mm -hmm. and you know I think that that is awesome but I think that there's just so much more to music than the electric guitar you know or even the acoustic guitar and so whenever I thought no strings attached well what if we just got rid of all (laughs) stringed instruments so it's like normally I'd try to shoehorn in some Joanna Newsom or something because she plays the harp Mm -hmm. or like but or like people that play the violin or the cello or something, but those are still stringed instruments. So how can we completely transcend all of that? And so I figured this week we'd try to do that. And I, I wasn't sure how difficult it would be for other people to do. So 
I, I put some tiers in there where it's like, okay, well, no guitars, no guitar and bass, no stringed instruments at all. <laughs> and I think we ended up with zero stringed instruments at all. We might have one or two that have non-traditional stringed instruments, but I don't think any guitars at all. So I, that's exactly what I wanted. Yay. And uh, so we're successful. Yeah, everybody gets uh, five useless internet points. Yeah, I think so. Sweet. What song did you bring this week? I'm going to start us off with Jell and his song Sweet Cream In It. Yeah, I wanted to start the episode by subverting the theme a little bit because the, the song obviously has some samples of guitars, but everything you hear is all played live in real time on samplers. So Jell uh, is one of the main producers from the Anticon Collective, which features tons of my favorite underground experimental hip hop artists. And, you know, usually when you go see a hip hop artist live, you'll have your MCs doing the rapping and the DJ will just be in the back spinning records or like cueing the beats and just kind of vibing. But Jell actually performs his beats in real time using an NPC sampler, which has like 16 square pads on it, four rows of four pads. Doesn't it have lights? You trigger it. Uh, it has a light up screen on it, ah. but it doesn't have the lights usually on the buttons themselves. Um, but yeah, you trigger it by playing the pads with your hands. And so he'll have like a kick drum on one pad and a snare drum on another pad. And he'll put like a little snare drum drag on a different pad so that he can make it sound like a human playing drums on, on a lot of these beats and, you know, have some bass samples on four other pads where he's, you know, triggering little, triggering little, uh, bass sequences and stuff like that and all in real time. So, you know, a lot of hip hop producers use the MPC to make their beats in the studio so that they can like record, record a few, a few little loops at a time and like overdub them and sequence them into a song and then dump that into their computer to put the vocals over. But it's kind of rare to actually see producers who actually play it like an instrument live in real time so that, you know, what it, it just sounds, you know, it may sound dope just like a beat someone programmed in their computer. But what he's doing is just a much more impressive feat. You know, it's really a marvel to watch him play. So I definitely encourage you to go on YouTube and search Jell, J-E-L, and you'll find videos of him like playing live and practicing at home. I think you'll be as intrigued as I am. I was about to say, those did sound like some guitars. I just wanted to point that out. Um, I love that you brought a theme and then immediately went to subverting it just to mess with everyone at the get-go. Yeah, it's kind of like all about the groove, but also hiding that it is indeed an electronic groove, but it's really not too hidden because you can tell. Um, I, I mean, you can't really tell that they're samples of guitars unless I guess you're really good at knowing that what a sampled guitar sounds like i'm sure you know how to do it um in a way it makes me want to go to the original woodstock (laughs) but also to a cd bar with friends or that is just me missing friends at cd bars 
I don't know. It sounds like you should be in a large group of people while listening to this. And that just, I just miss that. I miss all my friends. <laughs> this week, I did not try to subvert any themes. Uh, I brought Freak Heat Waves, Let It Go. DJ vampires just showed up. This is the music that they would make, and it somehow reminds me of Shoo Shoo, but that also might be sleep deprivation. Uh, if the saxophone guy wasn't a saxophonist in Lost Boys, he would be the lead singer for Freak Heat Waves, but like he would look like the singer from O Negative, which Facebook is currently super serving me for some reason. I don't know why I'm getting all the pictures of him with his cat. I don't know what I did. Um, there's a possibility that I'm also just digging goth electronic synth pop this week as well yeah i wonder what you've been googling to get peter Steele from from typo negative pictures just showing up in your feed have you subscribed to a a typo negative meme group or something or no i don't know peter Steele and his cat.gov it's like everywhere though like i turn on my computer it's like peter Steele and his cat or it's like articles about typo negative and i was like i think we only featured the song the songs from them like two or three times (laughs) So yeah, I definitely love the 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 sort of gothy, dark wavy feel of this. I saw that Freak Heat Waves is a band that uh, used to use guitars a lot more, but on their recent records, they've transitioned into a much heavier synthy electronic sound, which I think is a really cool thing. You know, I love guitars, and and they're truly a hallmark of modern music. But it's the digital age, and there's there's so many more sounds and aesthetics to be explored, and you know. It's it's also interesting that you know uh, there's an element to stuff like this in in uh, in the 70s you know and, and guitars were a thing and then in, in the 80s synthesizers and electronics became the thing and then somehow guitars took back over in the 90s so now like the advent of more electronic influences in music we're we're having to sort of retrack the ground uh, through through new wave and like synthy music of the 80s just to kind of get back on our feet and then explore further so. Yeah, I really look forward to more innovation in, in this particular realm of electronic music, you know, uh, trying to transcend sounding like 80s music, you know, just because you're using synthesizers. So they're, they're doing a good job of making it a little more contemporary here, I think. Had you heard of them before? I'd not. Yes. So you got me there. Yes. Uh, shockingly gothy and vampires. I'm excited. Um, our ear buddy selections. Well, of course, um, like our first ear buddy was like, yeah, y'all are super serving me, for sure. Our first ear buddy is Ben, who brings Joy Electric's Burgundy Years. Years. 
100% analog monosense and vocals. I don't know what monosense are, so I'm going to trust Ben on that one. Um, when I push play immediately on this song, it's like immediate ASMR tingles. Uh, the melody feels familiar and nostalgic, but also somehow new. It's reminiscent of like video games, and I just like it. Spacey, melodic. Ben, the master of making synthy amazingness, would of course bring some mind-bending synthy amazingness. Yeah, this one's a, truly a special case. I, I read in the description that this whole album was made purely on a single synthesizer, no drum machines, no samplers. So every drum sound you hear is like a carefully dialed-in synthesizer sound made to mimic a drum. And, and, you know, he couldn't program the drums and then just play over them while they looped. He probably had to, like, play and record each element individual. So, like, each kick drum beat through the whole song and then each snare drum beat that he wanted through the whole song. And then, you know, they're not real drums that he sampled. These are sounds that he created within the synthesizer. So everything you hear all comes from the same one machine. And so it had to just be an unspeakable amount of work to pull this off. And, you know, I even read that he lost all of his work halfway through the album and had to start entirely over again. And so that just sounds like a nightmare to put in that work. But the product of his labor is, is pretty impressive, like given the constraints. Seeing as like we just make this podcast each week and I've twice now accidentally dumped my entire hard drive into GarageBand. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I, like if you ever want to see me at my lowest, just like watch me just completely destroy like any semblance of like logical movement on my computer. So that does sound that sounds so painful to like lose half that work. Oh, it's terrible. Sorry, dude. Sorry, Jory Electric. I'm glad you made it through. Made this. Uh, Charlie is our next ear buddy who brings Explode Into Colors Coffins. this short-lived but brilliant dual drummer Portland band. So menacing with just voice and percussion. I think there might be synth bass on this track, but that's it. So this is one of the ones where it's like it could be a string, but it's not really a string because it's a synth. Uh, it evokes something like super tribal, but like not that barbed wire tattoo bullshit. Um, it feels like a call to action and it's like very communicative of, I, I guess, maybe anger or just frustration. Uh, very deeply human because percussion was our first way of communicating. Yeah, you're absolutely right about the, the primal tribal feeling. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to say about playing drums. There's just like something so primally satisfying about beating things with a stick. <laughs> 
And so, like you said, drums and percussion are our oldest forms of music. So there's just something evolutionarily invigorating about hearing those beats. And, you know, in the modern context, you almost never hear drums without other instrumentation, especially for an entire song. So it's especially refreshing and novel to hear that, you know, hear that going on here. And like the two drummers thing is showing up a lot more often in modern music. And I really love that, you know, a lot of heavy bands like the Melvins and Kylesa all have two drummers and, uh, you know, it, it, it makes the heavier parts so much heavier, but it also adds that element of something primal and almost animalistic to the sound. And yeah, I'm just super into that. I know it's really good. Like this was a repeat song, like for sure, multiple times. Um, Craig is our next year buddy who brings Traverses leave a trace. And I go anywhere but there. And you have this belief that you're gonna build what I don't need. And I know I need to feel relief. And I know you'll never fall, but I believe nothing that I'm told. And I know I need to feel relief. I know. Um, so yes bring churches and you get my husband to actually listen to the show Uh, this may be actually the first song I ever heard from churches and I just love listening to it I love her vocals I love I love everything about it this song is jubilant and amazing and I just you know what sometimes you need something that sounds like ethereal and is it (laughs) Yeah, I really love churches and their sound. It's like it's really cool to see them, uh, you know, in a, like a live setting, see a live video of them performing. Uh, because while certain things are pre-recorded, mainly like the drums and some of the vocal harmonies, almost everything else that you hear is triggered live. And so when you see a professional video of them, uh, you know, playing live and you can see a, a glimpse behind the keyboards and actually see them playing these parts in real time kind of gives you a whole new impression of, of what's really going on in music like this you know it's really easy to hear a band like this and think oh that's just you know they made this in a computer and then she just sings on it live and they hit play on a laptop and and dance but you know all, all the sense that you hear are live all the weird little percussive accents and transitions are all played live so it's really easy uh, to see a guitar player shredding on a solo and be impressed by that but like synthesizers and samplers are not as transparent and like evident to a live audience so i think these guys are a really great example for illustrating that you know music like this isn't really cheating you know there's still very challenging and artistic uh, performance aspect to what they're doing even if it sounds pre-programmed that just means that they know how to count because as i mean i believe i've mentioned multiple times i don't know how to count in time whatsoever it made the made being in band with me very hard very very many frustrated um band directors but them pulling it off and making it sound mechanical just shows how um i guess literally in sync they are together (laughs) right yeah um timothy 
Springs, Heilung's Kriegsgalder. I want to talk about peace and understanding, but you only understand the language of the sword. This I want to make you understand that the path you chose leads to the fall. You only understand the language of the sword. If I want to tell you to leave me and my beloved ones in peace, but you only understand the language of the sword. I let the blade be the talker, so my tongue shall become iron. I want the mighty roar of war, revealing my divine anger's arrows shall strike all action for the good of all. I see my reflection in your eyes, and your age has just begun. So the fire of the furnace It hungers to be hit And wants to have a hundred sisters In the coldest state of their existence They may dance the maddest In the morris of the red rain We love brother enemy I sing my soul song for you The lullaby of obliteration So I can wake up with a smile Bliss in my heart And bliss in my heart Bliss in my heart Uh, he says it still has a stringed instrument, but I think everything else will distract from it. Okay, Mitchell, did you ever see Dancer in the Dark? I've not. <gasps> okay, so this this totally feels like it. And now I'm just gonna cry in the corner and lament Bjork's loss of her sight. Uh, and then I'm also gonna have a lucid lucid dream. And then, uh, well, whatever. This song's a journey, and you need to see Dancer in the Dark because it kind of feels like that, that percussiveness. Uh, it feels like use of instruments that are not typically used, and it, it feels, uh, what's it whenever you kind of, like, do your own, like, ad-lib? It almost feels a little ad-lib, but perfect. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you bring up Dancer in the Dark. Uh, I really do want to see that because I'm enamored with Bjork, but I really, really hate that director, Wait. Lars von Trier. Oh, Lair why do you look? Oh, okay, Lars von Trier. Um, have you seen Antichrist? I love that movie. Oh, Amy, you and I, and probably several <laughs> several of our ear buddies are going to have to have a long talk about Lar Lars von Is Trier. Is he problematic? Uh, you should you should Google anything Bjork has to say about Lars von Trier. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, it came out that he's a total creeper, piece of trash Damn. to Bjork in the filming of that movie. Damn. Um, so, yeah. <sighs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about Lars. That'll be on our, our uh, movie Tweet. on our movie podcast that we're going to start yeah, next week. Tweet at me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But certainly Bjork's music takes a lot of influence from that sort of primitive, like, Nordic folk music like this. And even without the modern experimental spill, spin that she puts on it, like, stuff like this really speaks to me. You know, whenever I made the theme of no guitars, I knew that we'd get a lot of electronic music and synthesizers. But I was especially hoping and hoping for something like this, where members are playing like traditional instruments, a lot of handmade instruments. You know, uh, this band is certainly not a vegan friendly <laughs> band. Uh, the whole song is like played over these droning notes that are played through some sort of animal horns. Uh, their drums seem to all be made of real animal skins. You'll hear this like rhythmic clicking undergirding a lot of the song. That's a woman playing two animal bones of some sort. Uh, they're all dressed in like primitive leather garb, wearing feathers and antlers. Uh, the stage is dressed in all those sorts of things, too. So it's this massive ritualistic experience that uses some modern tools like the microphones and probably, you know, something to loop those long, low notes. I think I saw a laptop on stage. Mm -hmm. But other than that, they're recreating something really elemental and traditional that, you know, harkens back to early Germanic cultures, Vikings and the Iron Age and all of that. So it's really historically significant as well. So I can imagine this would just be mind-blowing and cathartic to experience live. They 
they used every part of those critters okay yeah i mean i'm super into that and like if you're gonna do it you know there's there's some ethical ethical ways i think but i have a question for you Mm -hmm. do you know that vegan leather is just pleather i mean yeah okay i've had arguments with people arguing with me about how it's no it's vegan leather but i'm like no it's pleather it's pleather i mean pleathers i'm sure pleather might be like a, a trademark thing but like pleather to me has always just meant fake leather faux leather so yeah. like pleather vegan leather leather that looks leather but is actually not you know right made from a real animal well and now that it's just like moving into calling anything that's a vinyl it is is vegan leather and i was like this is unfair oh, yeah. to people who that's not i think they're using it as a market okay that's my soapbox <laughs> that's <laughs> for our fashion podcast we'll be starting the week after next <laughs> yep uh jacques is our next year buddy who brings nervous curtains city of hate These dudes are friends, and I'm grateful my band has shared bills with them. Wait, does that mean that he has to like pay bills, like phone bills, together, or is like the the like roster of bands to play? Right. Yes, the roster of bands, the bill. <laughs> okay. The play bill. Okay. I was like, I mean, I I don't I wouldn't mind sharing my Verizon bill with Jacques, but okay. Um, 80s vampires are calling to me, and I'm just gonna need y'all to stop judging me. I listen to these songs late at night. Um, I mean, they sound like they want to change it, but also these like liberal vampires are legit living in a blood red synthy state. Um, actually, the song just really fits with my current existence. Yeah, I think this is a this is another great example of a band who's kind of retreading the classic '80s dark wave territory, but in a progressive way that's like paving the way for more innovation to come. Uh, seems like the drums here are mostly electronic, which is cool, but live photos make it seem like they do use live drums and performances, uh, which I really appreciate. Um, there are a lot of cathartic moments in the mixing and the production and some progressive moments in the songwriting that kind of set it apart as something a little bit more modern. But it still has just enough of that classic feel to give it some familiarity as well. So definitely, some, I, w- I would definitely want to see something like this live. So Dark Wave is what's making me feel like everything's a vampire movie now? Yeah, I think so. I'd probably I, That's probably a safe bet. I love it. I love it. Um, Jeremiah is our final ear buddy, and he brings One Day as a Lion's Wild International. In this era where DJs behave, we pay to be slaves. We rage airwaves to be sane and what's raining from the station. Cash fascination like living dead fed agents. 
slay them Dangerous, I take razor steps It's a swing from the blade To the bang of the left It's the murder, it's return Pull back, pull strap Your six they got clipped You can't clap back With minimal lift And criminal flow I'm killing them soft And filling the fold Everything stole And once again I'm at Nailing the wrist of they Christmas Watch me make their family a witness He says, now here's a sick little side project that influenced me a lot in my beat making days. This is One Day as a Lion, a one-time side project of Zach De La Rocha and John Theodore. The whole ep EP, the whole EP is mostly just drum and nasty synths with some extras thrown in to fill space and it's fucking sick. Wait, <laughs> nasty synths, what does synths do? Um... I feel like, is this electronic guitar, like, sampling? Nope, this is a, a a Rhodes electric piano is what you're hearing. I think they might be running it through a distortion. Oh. Or they may just have it really cranked up and, and where it's breaking up sounding, you know. Okay. Well, it feels like Beastie Boys, and I'm cool with it. Uh, the currentness of this and, like, the time era of this is exceedingly satisfying, and I just really, really like it. That's all I can say. But also Beastie Boys vibes. Did they use that kind of like keyboard? They may have at one point in time, but you're definitely thinking of something like Sabotage or Intergalactic had some like really uh, sawtoothy kind of sounds, huh. uh, which is like a particular you know sound wave. They're sh shaped like sawtooths. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's kind of what you're getting with that distorted Rhodes as well. So. Uh, yeah, like Jeremiah mentioned, this is Zach De La Rocha, uh, formerly of Rage Against the Machine, and John Theodore on drums, who's uh, played with the Mars Volta and Queens of the Stone Age, several more really great acts. So I can't believe this is actually uh, my first time listening to this, and I'm kind of mind blown that this project didn't see a lot more popularity considering, you know, uh, the enduring love of Rage, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, everyone was all about that audio slave and that aspect of the Rage family tree. But honestly, I think something like this is way more interesting than audio slave. Uh, that fat distorted bass line you hear uh, definitely has the characteristics of fuzz bass, but it's, you know, that Rhodes electric piano cranked up and distorted. And honestly, I think that, you know, those organic sounds are really what make Zach Dale Roach's rhymes like stand out so much in Rage and in this project. Like so much of hip hop is over drum machines and like computer generated keyboard sounds. But with Rage Against the Machine and this, those real drums and that real instrumentation adds something so much more soulful and organic and just sort of reiterates like the political themes, uh, you know, at the, at the heart of his lyrics. You know, he's always rapping about real shit and like advocating for real change. And I think having that real human instrumentation goes a long way in like reminding us about the, the humanity at the heart of his music. Aw. It makes me want to like give him a blankie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know Rage Against the Machine doesn't seem like they want a blankie, but I like maybe No, they they want you to donate the blankie to someone who needs a blankie. And there's a lot of people in the world who need blankies and Rage Against the Machine wants wants it. <laughs> wants to help you help help get the blankies into the hands of the people that need blankies i do want to say i love the amount of people upset about rage against the machine being political and just finding out about it yeah i just can't imagine listening to rage against the machine for like as a person who doesn't even really 
listen to lyrics that much. Like, if you don't immediately know that they're singing about something political, you're oblivious. Their band name is Rage Against the Machine. Okay. Um, we did get some feedback this week. I'm not going to read the email, but I really want to say, uh, like, give a special thanks to Matt because we really appreciate the email so much. And thank you so much for sharing. Um, you can always, if you don't want us to read your email, email, you can always say that you don't want it read. But I just really, it was nice to get something that was not an insurance ad as well. Yeah, it was a, it was a guy who uh, knew Tommy Keene, who we talked about on last week's episode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was like a personal friend of his, and he, he recounted some really nice things about Tommy Keene. And uh, yeah, it was a really touching email, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely appreciative that he reached out to us. Yeah, it was, it was nice. It was sweet. Uh, if you want to tweet at us... I'm at Pow I Gotcha. I'm at Madam Woolite, and the show is at E&D Pod. Uh, the Facebook group, which is where we do most of the building of the show, is Earbuds and Earrooms Podcast Group, and the voicemail line is... 731-400-BUDS or... 731-400-2837. You can email the show, much like Matt did, endpod at gmail.com. Much appreciated. And you can always check out the show endpod.com part of the 10710 network where i can easily edit things when i forget to properly name <laughs> the show and get called out by my co-host we all appreciate it though. <laughs> it's, it's just such a good episode title we had to make sure we use it see this is when you can tell like i'm editing the show after not sleeping or right before um waking i don't know right yeah <laughs> what's our final song this week so yeah, I'm going to leave us with Dan Deacon and his song, When I Was Done Dying. Uh, I can't believe I only brought Dan Deacon once before. He's one of my absolute favorite musicians, and his music's just so weird and innovative, yet still one of the most fun and cathartic live shows I've ever seen in my life. Uh, unlike some of the other stuff that we've had on this episode, a lot of the work uh, for Dan Deacon's songs is done in the studio, using samplers and noise generators and synthesizers, but... Uh, he has a, a really unique live setup that allows him to cue and manipulate the different elements as he plays the songs. Uh, for instance, there's several songs that have extended musical breaks where you might otherwise put like a guitar solo, but instead he'll just do a, a weird electronic freak out where he's tweaking these noise generators and effects all simultaneously to create this like euphonious wall of noise, but he's actually controlling it and attenuating it like a real instrument, even though it's basically just twiddling knobs on a mixer. But just such a weird and inventive dude and and makes music that no one else can even come close to imitating. Uh, One of my favorite artists. So hopefully you'll enjoy this weird tribal spirit journey about reincarnation. Uh, Yeah, this is Dan Deacon with When I Was Done Dying.
Yeah. 